Hello to all the Brodies and the Brodettes that are out there in the world. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 71 of our Brody Sports Talk podcast. We are going to dive right in and in advance of Week 5, do our Week 5 NFL Power Rankings. I'm joined by one of the absolute best co-hosts on the planet, my man, Derek Rusnick. How are you doing today? I'm good. I am definitely a top two co-host on this podcast uh, of yours. Yeah, you and I, we're the po- co- podcast co-hosts one and two. So, oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we are not being joined by Sean Morgan this evening as we have sent him on assignment to try to figure out where all of the points were this last week in the Browns Vikings game as it was curiously low scoring. And uh, we all know that Sean likes those high scoring affairs. So with any NFL power rankings episode, I would fail to do it justice if I did not bring up the fact that the way we do it is by putting all 32 teams and ranking them. And then we assort them into four tiers. There's the playoff tier, which is the best of the best. The ones that we think are for sure locks for the playoffs. Then the next eight are in the aspiring tier where some of them may end up being playoff teams, but they're just not as much of a sure thing as the ones coming up later in, or the, they're not as sure as the playoff tier. I mean, they're, they're kind of aspiring to get to the playoffs and that might be an okay thing for them. Then we have the wavering tier. You don't really know what to think of these teams. Sometimes they're wavering between looking like they could be playoff potential at some points and looking completely awful at other points. And then speaking of awful, we have the basement tier where it is the teams that might as well just be locked in. It doesn't really feel like they're going to get out anytime soon and just a pretty miserable experience for those teams. Uh, Derek, did I explain that? Almost as effectively as Sean. I know that I wasn't going to do full justice there. So I swear that Sean records and just puts that in there somewhere. Even though I, I, I watch him say it every week, he says almost the exact same words every single week. He does a great job. Now, Caleb, I got to say, you did a pretty good job yourself, even just kind of off, off the top of your head there. So, uh, you know, Sean, I know you're listening. Uh, watch out. Caleb's coming for you. Well, let's go ahead and get right into the playoff tier. These are teams one through eight. And like we said, these are virtual locks for the playoffs at this point in the season. So coming in at number one, it is a new number one for the third week in a row, as we have the only undefeated team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals at number one. At number two, the true New York team, the Buffalo Bills. At three, the now has one loss, Los Angeles Rams. At four, the Tampa Brady Buccaneers. At number five, uh, the team that has a weather delay in their own dome. It's not really a dome, it's a canopy. The Los Angeles Chargers. At six, the dog pound of the Cleveland Browns. At seven, the Aaron Rodgers neighborhood-esque Green Bay Packers. And at eight, the purple and black Baltimore Ravens. So let's go ahead and let's take a closer look this week 
at the Green Bay Packers. That is my favorite team and a team that is just kind of an interesting one so far to start the year because Derek, they are three and one. And yet at this point they have a minus five point differential because of their brutal season opener where they just got trounced by the saints. Uh, they have found ways to win in their next few contests though. Would you say that this is a team built to win close games or is this a team that's going to pile on the scoreboard a little bit as we head through the next few Packers games? And just in case you didn't have it, I have their schedule right here. We have uh, the Packers have a bit of a road schedule for October. They go at Cincinnati at Chicago bears host the Washington football team. And then they have a Thursday night at Arizona, which obviously looks much tougher than it did before the season started. Where, where are you kind of at as far as close games, or maybe they'll be able to put some of those away? So whenever I watch the NFL, and, and I've watched the NFL since probably around 97 at this point, there are teams that win games. There are teams that win close games. And then there are teams that I never count out. I put the Packers in a team that I never count out. Um, they're going to be in close games in the in in the good team uh, the games against the good teams. They're going to be in those games all the way to the end. You give Aaron Rodgers around a minute uh, to go score a touchdown or kick a field goal, he's going to do it. So for me, yeah, they're probably going to be some close games this year. Um, that Cincy game looks uh, completely different than when we did our our pre uh, preseason previews. Um, I think since he's better than I gave him credit for, um, along with, you know, let's see what who the starter is for the Bears. But I think that the the Packers are are definitely a different team week two through where we are now. Um, I think they just need to get the jitters out of their uh, out of their pants, basically, on week one. And uh, I think they've done it. I, I really like the way this team is playing and coming together and uh, doing a good job. Yeah, it definitely is one of those things where sometimes you just look at week one and you're like, that's kind of an aberration right now. Let's just throw that out and let's move forward. Uh, I think the Packers are one of those teams. They didn't play anyone in the preseason, and you could tell that they just looked rusty and sloppy and unorganized in that completely demoralizing loss to the uh, Jacksonville Saints uh, in week one. Uh, so, I mean, we lost 38 to three. There's, there's no putting that behind us. I do think that probably the most interesting game that is on here is the road match against the Chicago bears. And the reason why I try to circle that one is it is the divisional game that is on the docket, especially if we struggle somehow with Cincinnati this week, which I feel like the Packers are favored and probably should be a win for us. It's not going to be simple. No one has been taking it to Cincinnati this year. They've played in all incredibly close games. And But Chicago is 2-2. Two and two. They are the team that is closest to us in the division so far, as the Vikings and Lions are both 1-3. and three. I think it is one of those ones where if they can at least take those middle two, it will make those road matches against Cincinnati and Arizona nice to have, but not necessarily essential to have. Let's go ahead and move over to the aspiring tier next. 
At number nine, we have the recently cut Jalen Smith, Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are in at number 10. Start the car. The Las Vegas Raiders are at number 11. Russell Wilson and his lime green jersey is with the Seattle Seahawks at number 12. The Carolina Panthers are still chugging along. They're at number 13. Uh, The recently mentioned Cincinnati Bengals are at number 14. The San Francisco 49ers, tough loss this past week. They are at number 15. And then rounding out the aspiring tier, we have the uh, Please Come Back Teddy Bridgewater Denver Broncos at number 16. Now, out of those teams, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about the San Francisco 49ers. So we finally got the true taste of the Trey Lance experiment this past week as Jimmy G had left the game with a calf injury and Lance was able to play the whole second half. So obviously it wasn't necessarily game planned for him. It was game planned for Jimmy. The 49ers still lost the game, but part of that is their defense. I mean, Seattle won 28-21, so I wouldn't call it a blowout and it was a close game when Lance came in. Uh, He did go 9 of 18 for 157 yards and two touchdowns and had seven carries for 41 yards. So obviously that's just in playing a half. Those numbers are are pretty decent for one half. Derek, do you think it is time for the 49ers to kind of bench Jimmy and let Lance lead? Or are you kind of uh, team Jimmy on this one? Yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo knows the offense. And um, he's been there a couple of years. He has a good relationship with Kyle Shanahan. Um, I'm if I'm the the Niners, I keep going back to to Jimmy G. Uh, I know Trey Lance is the future. Um, what I want to see is probably the next two games uh, that Jimmy G is going to be out. Let's see what the game plan is for Trey. So he's very quick on his feet. Um, you can see that he had those 41 yards on seven carries. That's very efficient. Um, the Niners are known as a running team. They do a really good job of of blocking for that. So if they come out and they run the ball really well, use the quarterback run uh, pretty well and, and efficiently, then I say, you know, you might do pretty well with, uh, with Lance. Uh, but for me, you have to be Uh, You have to be able to complete more of those passes, and 50% passing completion is not going to work in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So, like I said, we're we're you know we saw a a half of football. Um, I would have preferred to see, you know, at least say 13 for 18. Uh, A couple more of those passes be uh, be completable, but. Um, we'll, we'll see what the game plan is, and, and Kyle Shanahan's brilliant, so we'll let him do his game plan. And we all know that it's going to be an interesting one, because the 49ers do travel to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals this week. After that, they hit their bye. If Jimmy's not able to play on Sunday, I think that it might just be time to say, hey, let's let's go all in on Lance. And it might be a, Lance, this is your game. Show us what you've got. If you don't have it, we're going to let you rest. We're going to let Jimmy rest. We're going to bring him back after the bye. But it's a, if you wanted an audition, here's your audition. I don't know that you say, yes, we're we're totally going all the way with Lance. But if he comes out and let's say the 49ers are able to 
look dynamic offensively and they're able to beat the, like I said, the now only undefeated team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals. And they do it by a score of something like 38 to 20 because Lance keeps them on the field with his legs. He, you know, maybe converts a couple of first downs, cleans up that completion percentage a little bit, gets it up closer to, I think you would say, let's go somewhere between 65 to 70% at least. And then, then it's going to be almost impossible to not let him keep going because you took down the team that is currently number one. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Derek? Do you think that, that kind of makes sense, this one-week audition? Or do you think even if Lance looks great, they kind of need to, you know, you, you got to drive the car this week, but it's going to be Jimmy's to drive for, for the future. Yeah, so we see one hour worth of work for Trey Lance. They see several days worth at a time. So this is the step up point. This is Trey, you are the starter. You get the first team reps. You get to work with everybody. You get to do uh, everything that a NFL starting quarterback is to do. You don't have to look over your shoulder. No one's coming for you. No one is going to take your job this week. After that, let's see what uh, what he does in the game. You know, pre- preparation-wise, is he going to be good at preparation? This could be a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation where an injury takes a uh, takes the. I don't. I don't want to. Don't want to say long-standing. But where it takes down uh, a and the rookie the steps runner. it the front runner there you thank you for, for a good word for that a rookie takes over the front runner and never looks back and and you know if the the 49ers win with that more power to them because I enjoy watching uh, a Kyle Shanahan offense definitely I think that we we are kind of on the same page there it's not a total yeah it's just Lance's job to lose it's a Let's see how this goes. If it's a week like Jimmy or Justin Fields' first week, I'm pretty sure that Jimmy's going to get back to being the quarterback. If it's a little bit closer like this last week, I think Lance may end up getting the job. So we'll have to see what happens. I'm I'm curious. I mean, it's the the dynamic we've all kind of been waiting for out of San Francisco since they drafted him. So... Let's go ahead and move around and shift to the wavering tier. This is team 17 through 24. And as we said earlier, it's the teams that we don't necessarily have a full trust on at this point. So at number 17, we have the New Orleans Saints. At number 18, the Blue Tennessee Titans. At number 19, the now 2-2 two and two Washington football team. At number 20 is Sean's favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles. At number 21, we have Dub Bears. At number 22, we have Mac Jones and his New England Patriots. Uh, I know we're not going to get into that, but great game by them on uh, Sunday night. I thought they played that one really well. Uh, At number 23, we have the Minnesota Vikings. At number 24, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers on the precipice of entering the basement. 
which uh, feels so weird compared to where we started the season, at least where I thought they were to start the season. I, I'm, I may have to admit I was wrong about the Steelers, but uh, let, let's go back towards the top of that list. And at number 17, we had the New Orleans Saints. And I don't know about you, Derek. To me, they have to be one of the most confusing teams to understand as we're now four games into the NFL season. So their wins, if you're looking at resume, they've got the blowout win against the Packers, who we have in the playoff tier. They've got an impressive road win over the Patriots in Foxborough, which I know the Patriots, you know, they don't have a lot of wins, so that's not necessarily as impressive. But then they have losses where they kind of got blown out by the Carolina Panthers. I believe that one was 27 to six in week two. And then they lost in overtime to the New York Giants, who pretty much looked like they couldn't do anything right the first three weeks. I mean, they're jumping off sides on game-winning field goal attempts for the football team to get an extra chance. So what do the Saints need to kind of improve in order for us to see them as a more consistent threat week in and week out? I think we need a consistent offensive that we've seen out of Sean Payton for years now. So I, I do not know what the difference between Drew Brees and Jameis Winston is. Um, I thought Jameis Winston was going to come in there and light up the world because of the uh, the brilliance of Sean Payton. I mean, I've been a, a Sean Payton guy from back in the day. Um, so what he did when – when Jameis was in in, in Tampa Bay, um, he had a, threw a lot of interceptions, but he also threw a lot of touchdown passes and had a lot of yards. So I thought you, you put Jameis into, into that offense, um, he's going to, you know, he got LASIK, he he can read defenses now, like all the all the offseason stuff you saw. Oh, this is great! He's going to do great, and they're just inconsistent. Um, you know, they go, they flop back and forth of the best offense, the best defense, the best. And so I thought, I thought we could hang our hat on, okay, this is going to rebuild a little bit. And that, uh, that Winston was just going to take over. And I have just not seen the consistency that I'm used to out of play calling out of the players on the saints. I think that's true. I haven't seen them run things the way that they have in years past. I think that Sean Payton, you know, he did lose some offensive staff this past year. Uh, uh, Lombardi, who was on the offensive staff, went and became the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. And I think Dan Campbell uh, also was able to take someone else from the staff to be the offensive coordinator for the lions. And I think we're seeing a little bit of a coaching staff that's not fully used to working together and doesn't necessarily have the same vision. At least it doesn't feel like they have the same vision. If anything, I'm somewhat curious because I see that they keep giving all of these touches to Alvin Kamara. He's second in the NFL in touches behind Derek Henry, who of course is getting fed like a racehorse out there in Tennessee. Uh, just crazy amounts of touches for Derrick Henry. I think he's averaging 32 a game, Derrick is. Uh, but Kamara is second in the league. And the games that the Saints are losing, they're losing the turnover battle. Uh, you know, Taysom Hill threw the pick this week, so you can't blame Jameis 
on that one. You know, I we've talked about the Taysom Hill experiment before. Sean Payton go there too many times. Whereas in week two, when they lost to Carolina, James threw the picks. Like, it, that's the only game he has picks in. So I agree. I want to see more consistency out of their offense. And I also think that we're seeing a team that really did hit a salary cap wall this past offseason. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is looking great in Buffalo, and he was in New Orleans last year. You know, Marquez Callaway is not Michael Thomas. And, you know, they don't have Jared Cook. He looked really good catching a touchdown for the Chargers on Monday night. True. They're, they're missing him. You know, it's – and let's be real. Obviously, they're missing Drew Brees too. It's not like, you know, you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback and can just do the same things you've always done. I think that Sean Payton is calling plays a little bit scared. And that doesn't that's not really what the Saints do. They've always been – Hey, let's try to do these things. Let's make sure we can move the ball deep. Let's, you know, get first downs, but let's also not be afraid to stretch the field. I just don't know that they have the right players right now. The defense is good. I really do think the defense is good. I just think that you can't lose the turnover battle. And it's really bad when Taysom's the one out there throwing the pick against the Giants. Am, am I wrong, Derek, or does that feel – I mean, I feel like it's super basic to say you need to win the turnover battle to win games, but you understand I'm saying more than that as well. So versus the Giants, if he throws a pick, you have a sit-down conversation and with yourself, with your staff, say, hey, we really can't do that. Um, but you still win the game because the rest of your – offense is doing better the rest of your team is better i mean we see games all the time where the quarterback throws a pick and you still come back and win the game because you're the better team the saints on paper should be a better team than the giants they were not uh, on the field that that day so yeah your gadget players cannot throw picks but at the same time your team should be able to get over uh, a pick on a, from a gadget player. That's true. That's true. I like that point. Uh, let's go ahead and let's uh, travel on down uh, to the basement. Make sure you've got your floppy disks and uh, your CD-ROMs as we go down to see who, who all is living in the basement this week. At number 25, we have the Indianapolis Colts. At number 26, the team that they recently beat this week, the Miami Dolphins. At 27, the Dirty Bird, Atlanta Falcons. At 28, uh, the previously mentioned New York Giants getting that win, moving them up a few spots. At 29, uh, also getting their first win this week, the New York Jets. Congratulations, Jets fans. At, at number 30, the Houston Texans. At number 31, the start of the winless teams, the Detroit Lions, and at number 32, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who uh, didn't lose this past weekend. They lost on Thursday. So, uh, But I don't know that that helped them, that they played earlier in the week because of all of the 
chaos that has happened to Urban Meyer since then. So uh, instead of discussing what's been happening with Urban, well, because everyone's discussing that and it's chaos, let's go ahead and go stay in the division with the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, I know we talked about the Colts a lot before the season started, and they did finally enter the win column. Uh, in that difficult early schedule they have as they beat the Dolphins 27 to 17 this past Sunday. Uh, Carson Wentz looked like he had his best game of the year. He was 24 of 32 with 228 yards and two touchdowns. And I would argue it's probably also the healthiest he has been all season. Now, the Titans also lost on Sunday to the Jets. They're at two and two leading the AFC South. The Colts are with the Texans, who are still quarterbacked by Davis Mills at 1-3, and three, and then the Jags are 0-4. Um, so I know that I'm focusing in on the Colts, but I really want to kind of get a grasp on what's your take on the AFC South at this point in the season? Uh, are we Titans? Are we Colts? Are we shaking our heads and crying? Uh, what, what, where are you at, Derek? Yes, yeah, so someone has to win the division. Someone gets a playoff spot of those four teams that you just mentioned. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, I assume the Titans were just going to uh, run all over this division, pun intended. Um, you know, I thought the Colts could could make a push. Um, you know, I like Carson Wentz. I liked Carson Wentz when he was in in Philly. You know, of course, this is why Sean is off this week is so we can talk about Carson Wentz without outrage. Um, but I don't know. I don't think anyone is consistent enough at this point for us to see. Yeah, this is going to be the t- the two teams that's going to vie for the division. Um, the <laughs> Technically, the Jags are only two wins away from leading the division. Uh, and they have no wins. So, yes, we are at the first nine weeks of the school year, um, and we have a second nine weeks, and then you, to get you to halfway through the point, and then another uh, two. Yeah, I, I just made a school analogy that did not work. I apologize. It's been a long time since I've been in, in, in school. There were In our schools, you had four nine-week periods. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get away from that. Just Just drop it like a tot. Um, anyways, so we are at the first quarter of the the NFL season, and I'm expecting, you know, you see some teams that might falter, other, you know, teams that will that have initials like K and C, um, you know, that like, oh, they hey, they're they're not leaving their division, but they're definitely going to be there at the end. The the Titans, um, if you have a halfway decent defensive line, you're going to be able to to sack Tannehill 27 times a game. Um, if you can stop the run, you can probably beat the Titans. Um, so unless the Colts just show up, then I don't know who's going to win the AFC South. And I just said a lot of words that did not answer your question there, Caleb. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I will say the Colts are going to come out of here and, and do something the rest of the year because uh, I, I respect Frank Reich so much. But uh, other than that... I don't even know what's going to happen with the AFC South. I mean, you said a lot of words that were confusing because the AFC South is confusing. Like, I'm just going to give you that. I'm going to give you that out. It's tough, right? 
so the Colts beat the Dolphins on Sunday, and the Titans beat the Seahawks in Week Two in a major come from behind win. And those are the only wins that are outside of the division wins for anyone because the Titans beat the Colts once and the Texans beat the Jags to start the season. So not, not a division that is getting wins on other teams, a division that is just going to probably get wins against itself. And so even though the Colts are playing at Baltimore this week, I'm not necessarily concerned about them getting that one because like we said, they are only one game out of the division. Where it's going to matter is they have a couple of divisional games at home later this month. They host the Texans in week six in what should be a fairly good game for them as the Texans quarterback situation is one of the ones that is the worst in football right now. And they get the revenge match against the Titans on Halloween. And it's kind of weird. Like there are two matches against the division rival that they're probably fighting for for the division are all done with two months left in the year. Two and a half if you count the fact that we're playing an extra game in January this year. So it's it's weird if you made me pick a team today, mainly because it's the way things are trending, I'm going to go with Indianapolis. I'm not going to sit here and say I love it, but I, I'm not picking a team that just lost to the Jets in overtime. I'm just not going to do it. Especially when... I mean, kudos to Robert Sala getting his first career NFL win. They had seven sacks against Tannehill and 21 more quarterback hits. So that was 28 hits on 49 Tannehill dropbacks, which is, I mean, that's how long do you think Tannehill lasts this year? So, and that's the thing. If Tannehill gets hurt or if Derrick Henry gets hurt, because Derrick Henry has had 30 plus touches each of the last three games. It's it's not going to be good. They don't have the depth. That's what we talked about with the Titans before the season started. So, i I don't want I don't wish anyone to be hurt. Um, but I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous about that for Tennessee. Um, let me just double check their schedule. Oh, you know, so they do travel to Jacksonville this week. And then they get the Bills on Monday Night Football in what will oh they get the Bills and the Chiefs back to back before they play the Colts. Oh man, the Titan schedule is going to be trash soon. Um, after that they get the Rams. So <laughs> let's go ahead and pencil them in for zero and three in those games, probably. I mean, yeah, unless and that, they have just... divisional games, <laughs> like we yeah. said, they're not getting wins outside of the division for these teams. Oh, man. AFC South. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Uh, that's all I can really say about the power rankings this week. It is, it is some pure chaos, but I am enjoying it nonetheless. If you liked our power rankings episode, please let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at Brody Talk. And uh, feel free to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to podcasts, whether it's Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods. All those places are great spots to leave reviews. Not every podcasting platform lets you. Uh, also, make sure you subscribe. We're releasing new content on a regular basis, and you know that you don't want to miss any episode that we have, even if it ends up with us being not sure of what we think about a whole division like the AFC South. Uh, and you can find different places to subscribe, our merch, 
all of our good things in our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk. And on behalf of the absent Sean and my fantastic co-host, Derek, we are going to go ahead and sign out. Y'all have a good one. Bye, guys. <laughs>